It's the 28th of April, 2021. And it's now time for us to sit in meditation to develop samadhi. This uh, samadhi, it's the firm establishment of the mind and something that we need to develop every day. And uh, if when we sit and the mind experiences peace, then sometimes this can last for a long time. You just sit in meditation one time and it can carry on. That peace can stay for many days, maybe one day, two days, three days. And uh, if there's a lot of energy to it, the peace can last for seven days or 15 days. But in the beginning, we do need to train in samadhi every single day to bring the mind to this firm, settled place. Because this establishment of the heart, it brings great benefits to us. It gives us energy. It gives our minds power, power to fight with all of the sense impressions that flow into the mind. And sometimes the body changes, the body starts to deteriorate, and there's a lot of painful sensations that arise within it, many aches, many pains. And if the mind has samadhi, then it will be able to fight with these fight against the cold, against the heat, against these changes in the body. So we can take that peace of mind to contemplate and to vedana and to these feelings. But if our mind doesn't have energy to it, then it'll go and attach to them and see that these feelings and the mind are the same thing. It won't be able to separate them out. And it's only a mind with peace that is able to separate these things. See that feelings are feelings, the mind is the mind, that they're different. And, uh, but when we're able to separate them out, and then we can see that these things are, they're not the same thing. We contemplate them, contemplate these feelings. See that they're not me, not mine, not a being, not self, not other. And sometimes the mind is gathered into peace well and it has great energy to it. And we're able to contemplate in this way. But if uh, there's not much energy to the heart, then this contemplation can be very difficult, contemplating into feelings. And sometimes we sit in meditation and sit for long times and there's a lot of aches and pains in the body. But we endure with those. And some we do need to train in to sit and to enjoy with that pain until we're able to pass over those painful feelings. And we can start by sitting for one hour and then increase that to two hours, three hours, four hours, and then up to five hours. And something that we need to train ourselves in to pass over this. We do need to train. And samadhi that we have developed well, that gives rise to wisdom, cultivates that wisdom. And wisdom is this all-round knowing into the truth of sankharas, these conditioned phenomena. And even though we may have some kind of experience with these things, perhaps we've seen people who are old, we've seen people who are sick, we've seen people die. And this is very obvious nowadays with this COVID pandemic spreading about that huge numbers of people are dying 
And in some places, they burn the corpses in the streets or in car parks. And sometimes there's quite sorrowful events that happen that, say, someone's mother gets COVID and the child just abandons them because they're afraid that they'll get it as well. So during these times, for the people who have already trained their minds well, they've got an advantage over other people. When change occurs, when this inconstancy really rears its head, when we see old age sickness and death clearly, then those who have trained their minds, um, they have this advantage. But where does old age sickness and death arise? Where is it? It appears within these bodies. And so we should really contemplate the nature of these bodies, that they do get old, they do get sick, they do die. And this has actually been happening ever since we were born. But normally we don't see this. It's difficult for us to see the deterioration of the body. We think that it's only when people stop breathing that they start dying. But we need to train to contemplate, to see that we die with, the, with every in-breath and out-breath. And when the mind is gathered together well, when it's still, when it's peaceful, then we'll see this clearly. That right from the moment that we were born, the body has started to deteriorate. But if there isn't um, peace there, then we won't see the nature of these things. We won't see into truth. So we do need to train to develop this peace. But it's not just when we're sitting that we train in it. When we're standing, we're lying down, we're walking, when we're engaging in work, then we must bring up mindfulness and do this a lot. And this is especially so for monks, that we have this very high determination. We wish to see the Dhamma, we wish to know what Maga, Pala and Nibbana are like. So we need to just carry on doing it, just carry on training, training steadily, bit by bit, and also to bring up this quality of kanti, of patient endurance. Because these defilements, they have been kind of in charge of our minds for a very long time now. And if we're going to defeat them, then this has to happen little by little. It's like if we have a needle and we're trying to cut through concrete, but we need to scrape at it and make our way little by little. Or like when we're going to the dentist uh, to look after our teeth, and uh, they're working on the roots of the teeth. So they take a very small and uh, refined needle and they slowly kind of dig in and slowly make their way through until they get to the roots. But it doesn't take too long, usually not more than two hours, it's finished. So if we put in our efforts and carry on without stopping, then we'll have to see the Dhamma. If we dig down, then we'll have to meet with water. It may be 200 meters, it may be 300 meters, but will have to meet with the water that's in the ground. So we put in our efforts, and we try, and we endure with the things that we experience.
it's also important that when we're putting in efforts, we have mindfulness there as well. So any unskillful state that's present, we abandon that. Any unskillful state that is yet to arise, then uh, we work for that to not come up. And where do these unskillful states come from? They come from unskillful thoughts. When these arise, then we put them down, we abandon them. And uh, we come to meditate so that we give rise to skillful states as well. So we put an effort throughout the entire day. And so how do we give rise to merit then? Having put down these unskillful states, how do we give rise to merit? Well, we can do this in one way, through sacrifice, through generosity. So for the laity, they work and gain wealth, and then they give up a portion of that. But for monks, we don't have wealth. So how do we sacrifice? Well, we do it through our activities, through helping to sweep the monastery, helping to mop the Dharma hall, helping to take care of this place, of the buildings. And this is uh, the way that we sacrifice, the way that we give up. And then when lay people come to the monastery, they come to pay respects to the Buddha image, for instance, then the place is very clean. There's no dust, there's no dirt around. And so a lot of merit arises in the hearts of the laity when they come to a clean monastery. And it also arises in the hearts of the monks as well. And so we care and look after um, the place, the uh, grounds. And uh, we do this with a heart of joy. And uh, really of rejoicing in our efforts to look after. And we also do it with mindfulness as well. So these are acts of body. In terms of speech, we can recommend good things to other people, and this is merit. And in terms of the mind, we need to meditate, we need to cultivate these minds. And this brings a lot of benefit. It's a very high form of merit. So if the mind isn't yet peaceful, then we won't be able to see into the Dhamma. This requires a calm heart. So it's something we really need to try. And it's not above our abilities or our efforts. So we have this mindfulness um, there. And we also need sila, virtue, to be the foundation of this mindfulness. It's something that's really important giving rise to peace through actions of body and speech. If the mind goes off into liking or disliking, we can suppress this to one degree through virtue, keeping the five precepts, the eight precepts, the 227 precepts, these are all for the sake of peace of mind. And when we do this, when we train, then the mind gains energy. So we're generous, we keep our virtue well. And through doing this, then heaven arises. The mind feels very at ease, it feels joyful, it feels very happy. And, but we shouldn't just stop here. Because all sankharas, all conditioned phenomena deteriorate, they all decay. None of them really belong to us. All the things of this world, all the things that we claim to be ours, that we gain, we must throw them all away, including this body. This body belongs to the world. 
It's just a collection of worldly materials, of earth, water, fire and air. So we need to develop wisdom in order to see the danger in birth. And that none of these things are really ours. And when we see things in this light, then we need to put in our efforts to practice, uh, to take up the holy life. So on the occasion that the Buddha taught Yasa, who was uh, the son of very wealthy parents, he initially taught them about generosity, him about generosity and virtue, and the benefits of uh, these qualities, these acts, is that it gives rise to heaven. But we also need to see that this heaven is not sure. That we're still stuck in the cycle of birth and death. And see, there are drawbacks to this. There's danger here. To being attached to any forms, any sounds, any odors, any tastes, any tactile sensations. So in seeing this danger, then we also see the benefit of training the mind and bringing it to peace, to taking up the holy life. Because when the mind is calm, then it's able to see the Dhamma and wisdom can arise here. Just like how if there's a log that's uh, drenched in water, that's um, floating in a pond, then we take that log out and put it on the bank and it gets hit by the sunlight and slowly starts to dry. And when it's dry already, then we can take um, a flame to it and light it on fire. So this is similar to taking up the holy life. Um, But even though we come to take up this holy life, the mind still thinks about different things, still thinks about finding pleasure in forms, in sounds, in odors, and tastes, and tactile sensations. And so we need to train the mind to uh, bring it away from these into samadhi, kanaka samadhi, this minor concentration, or upajara samadhi, uh, neighborhood concentration. And even though this kanaka samadhi is something quite small, it's just a little bit of samadhi, as we develop it and give rise to it frequently, then it develops into upajara samadhi, this neighborhood concentration. And then when we're able to keep the mind in upajara samadhi for long periods, wisdom arises and the mind can go into apana samadhi, this access concentration. So it has great energy at this point, able to see into the dharma, but this happens little by little. But at the point where the mind gathers together where the path of sila, samadhi, and panya really gathers into one, then we gain this clear understanding that none of these things are me, they're not self. And we can look into a single tooth, for instance, and see that if there's no nerves connected to it, then we're able to observe the truth of that, that it's just earth, it's just something solid, it's just a material of this world. But when the nerves are functioning, Um, and they're connected to the brain. And then it sends signals to the brain, and the mind receives those signals. It it experiences feeling in that tooth. But the tooth itself, it doesn't know what's going on. It doesn't feel any aches, it doesn't feel any pains at all. It's just that these signals get sent to the brain, and then the brain produces this feeling 
of pain in this certain location. But the truth itself, it doesn't know what's happening, it's just an earth element. So when the mind gathers together, it can see things in this way, that really this body is just a collection of elements, it's something that's unstable, it's something that's stressful, it's something that's not self. And here our faith becomes firmly established. So really put your efforts into this. Practice with um, all the energy that you have. Really try. And because we have this firm intention already, and having this firm intention, we should carry on with that. We should carry through with it. And in the end, we'll need to see the Dhamma. We'll need to know the Dhamma. So our practice is our means of paying homage to the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha. Like when the Buddha taught Venerable Yasa, his mind gathered together and was able to see into the Dhamma. And upon another teaching, then he attained to Arahantship. And so even though he was the child of a very wealthy family in Varanasi, he was able to give all of this up. And when his Bharami became full, then he saw into the Dhamma. So for us, we should be really intent to be cultivating our Bharami throughout the entire of this life that we have, to really throw all we have into that, into cultivating our Bharami. So may all of you be intent on this.